0: This is Matt. I'm the lead pastor of Westminster Baptist Church. Thanks for engaging God's word with us. Uh, my prayer for you is that this would be supplemental to your discipleship journey. Uh, if we can connect you with a local church or discipleship group, uh, please contact us at info at Hey Amen, church. Well, where can you go where there is a 90-degree day, a 30-degree day, a hell storm? <laughs> a complete power outage. And a platter of mushed pig head called Scrapple. Mush. That's what it says on Wiki. Mush. Scrapple. Whew. Nowhere else except for Carroll County, Maryland. Yep. And look, man, I've grown, I'm serious, I've grown to love many things about Carroll County. I know that the reality is I am not accepted. I'm kind of accepted. Pastor Glenn prayed for it. I'm kind of accepted. But I am from Texas, and I'm not from Carroll County. I did not grow up with corn shucks in my bike tires. I don't know what it's like to walk uphill both ways to school in the snow, barefoot, barefoot. Um, my grandparents aren't from here. And I know that many of you won't fully accept me. You pretend, but not fully. And here's what I also know. Most of you aren't from Carroll County. So stop it, imposters. (laughs) Stop it. You're from Baltimore. Or you're from right outside of Carroll County. And the truth is... If you're from Owings Mills and East, you're not accepted here. <laughs> There's, there is this thing though that has happened, I get it, I, I've seen this. If you've been here for like 20 years, or you're like second gen, people don't actually know you're not from here, so you can get by. But as soon as you say water, you're done. <laughs> Everybody knows that you didn't just say water, and that's not how you pronounce it, okay? So I say all this to say, um, I'm very different than my my neighbor. I, I love I, we're, we're friends, uh, uh, but here's a similarity: when you are past your prime, i.e., after 30 years old, and uh, guys, we, we're we're here. Okay, we have arrived, and what happens is you all know what we do. The reality of what we do. We still act like we're 20, but we're not. Okay, But here, here's what we actually do. We go and we open up a window, like the curtains or the door, and we just stand and look. And people around us, maybe your kids, your spouse, are like, what are you doing? And you're like, I don't know, I'm just looking out the window. And they're like, why are you looking out the window? And my thought is, well, I'm going to make sure my garden doesn't get hurt by this hailstorm. I'm going to make sure this rain doesn't mess with anything outside. I want to make sure my truck's okay. Are the windows up? to I cover up the grill? Like, I need to make sure that everything's protected, right? I think we do this somewhat, guys. Let's be honest. Because we don't look good anymore. So we want our yard to look good. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'm being serious. My my friend and I like neighbors. I'm I'm standing at the door, the door's open. My kids are behind me like, "What are you doing, dad?" And I'm, like, I'm just looking at the hailstorm. And I look across the way and there's my friend looking out his door and I <laughs> I'm not kidding, you can ask my wife. He's looking at me, I'm like, hey man, what are we doing? He was like a stud football player around here. Y'all probably knew him or watched him play. And uh, he goes to the, like, restaurants and, and stuff, and he sees, like, his rival football players. And, uh, um, you know, he probably see some of his old buddies. Probably avoids them for those reasons. Avoids restaurants because he do not want to see people that know. I avoid restaurants here because I don't want to find Scrapple on my plate. But you guys do what you do. And you eat sows. Oh, my goodness. Boiled pig's feet down into, like, gel. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but seriously, here's the thing. Like, I, I have learned to appreciate Carroll County. I can appreciate, like, most—anywhere in this world, really, you can appreciate for many different reasons, right? There, I mean, the world is an amazing place. There's beautiful things about everywhere you go. So I appreciate Carroll County for many reasons. I don't—I'm not frustrated about Carroll County. I, I've, I've grown to love it, all right? But here's the truth, though. It's not my home, right? Like, we're making a house into a home. Uh, My family's here, so it becomes like my home. People say home is where the heart is. These things are true, but when I think about like my home, I'm thinking about 3385 Nancy Creek Road, Gainesville, Georgia, where we shot cowboys and Indians with a BB gun in the basement, where we built uh, uh, ramps for our four-wheelers to jump, uh, where we had bamboo forests and all of those different things. Like that was, that was where I grew up. And if, I, if you said, where's your hometown? I wouldn't say Westminster, right? I would say my hometown is Gainesville, Georgia. It's not even where I was born. Uh, it's just where I grew up, right? Now, my wife and I are building a home. So where, let me ask you, where is where's your home? You know not have to yell it out. Most of you would say Baltimore, I get it. But where is, in your mind, where are you like, man, this is home, and maybe it's in the house you live in today. I had some of my good friends live in their childhood home right now. That's pretty awesome. Um, wherever you live, are you making that in your home? What is your home? Because uh, if people say where, uh, home is where your heart is, think through this. Is your heart secure in heaven or is it rummaging through earth? Is your heart secure in heaven or is it like a pilgrim? Uh, and it's foreign and it doesn't understand what heaven's like? Is it secure in heaven like it knows what heaven is like? It knows how to speak it, act it, think about heaven and on heavenly things? Or is your heart and your home on earth? You see, I think the problem is that the more we create a comfortable place here on earth, the more it becomes home. The more we become attached to the things of this world, the more it becomes our home. The more things we put in our life, the more it becomes our home. But we know that Matthew 6 tells us that all these things are going to fade away, but we still hold on to them. And so I want to challenge you this morning to think through, are you in exile on earth or have you made this your home? 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 1 through 2. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those chosen, living in his exiles, dispersed abroad in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient and to be sprinkled with the blood of Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. We are chosen exiles. As chosen exiles, we are chosen, sanctified, and forgiven. That's what makes us who we are, as exiles. What that means is, as chosen people, before the foundation of this world, God saw the world, God saw the people in the world, and He chose you. He specifically chose you to be distinct, to be different, like He chose Abraham to be called out and to be different from the rest of the world, like He chose David to become the king. He chose you to be His child, His daughter and His son. And as he chose you, he chose you from out of that world and created a people. Now, what do you do when you do that? You make them different than the world. And so now all of a sudden we become exiles because we no longer claim to be simply citizens of this world, but citizens of heaven because we've been chosen to be citizens of heaven. God chose you out of the world to be a citizen of heaven. Let us not live like we are citizens of earth for all these things are passing away. Second, we see that it is sanctified in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. These chosen exiles are sanctified by the Spirit. So they're chosen according to the foreknowledge of God. Before time, he chose them. Then he sanctified them. What does it mean to be sanctified? Now, we know that sanctified means to be declared holy, made holy, and, and eternally be holy. To actually be who we've been declared to be, right? If that's true, that first part, let's hone in on that. God's declared us good. Just like he did from the very beginning, he's declared us to be that again. He looks at us and he goes, man, you're very good. We don't deserve that. We've been given that because of Jesus Christ's blood on the cross and resurrection. We are now declared very good. Because of his life, I can be declared to be good. Right? Okay. This passage is not talking about the process of becoming good. It's about the declaration of being good. It's about that moment where you came to Christ and said, I can't do this alone. Who I am is not uh, who I want to be. I've chosen things that are not good for me. I can't stop doing it. I need help. And you said, I believe in Christ. And I believe what he did on the cross. And I believe his spirit will work in me to change me into who he's created me to be. And I want to be who he's created me to be. And then that process in that journey, that process of sanctification that comes later... We can zoom in on this one moment where you were clinging to him going, I need help. And he looked at you and he said, because of Jesus, because of my son who died on the cross, you are holy. You're good. Very good. And in that moment, you, you, what happens to us, in that very moment, what happens to us is the rest of the world sees us as his, as his people, as God's people. You know, uh, we have to be careful here. But it is true that many people will put us on pedestals, put Christians on pedestals, right? Uh, It's like, well, uh, and, and a lot of Christians will say, I don't want to be put on a pedestal. And pastors will say, I don't want to be put on a pedestal, don't put me on a pedestal. But the reality is, you were chosen by God as sons and daughters declared to be holy in the front of everyone in this world, you walk out of this church and you tell people that you follow after Christ, that you live according to his word, you've memorized his word, and you're doing his word, you're going to be put up on a pedestal. And it's not a bad thing. You see, we could use an illustration of put up on a pedestal, or we could just take directly from scripture. You're the salt of the earth. You're a city on a hill. Literally, the church is the city on a hill. There's no more, there's no more pedestal than the, than a city on a hill. That everybody's walking to seeing the lights, the the flames flicker. Everyone's walking up and seeing the light of the world, Jesus Christ, being represented by you. And so now the rest of the world literally sees you as what Jesus has already declared you to be. He declared you to be good. How much more does it feel like an exile to already been declared, chosen by God, separated out from the world, declared to be holy in, in front of the world, like these are my people, they do what I say. These are my people. They follow after me, and they preach my uh, gospel message to you. You've been set apart to be used by God. That's what it literally means to be holy, set apart by God. We are chosen exiles, chosen by God, exiled from this world. We're different. And finally, the third thing he tells us in First Peter chapter one verse two is we're forgiven. Um, now that, that uh, he says, uh, w- you are obedient and you're sprinkled by the blood of Jesus Christ. That first f- uh, phrase, obedient, it's used in multiple different ways throughout scripture. One of the ways is you're obedient throughout your life to what God's called us to do. So like fruit of the spirit, um, obeying God on where to go, what to do, who to be with. The other form is obedient to faith or the obedience of faith or something like that. In Romans uh chapter 9, it shows us uh, people can be disobedient to faith. When they're presented with the gospel, they can disobey. And then in Acts chapter 6, verse 7, look, at, listen to this. It says, So the word of God spread, the disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly in number, and a large group of priests, that is Jewish priests, became obedient to the faith. That is, they, they believed in the faith for the first time. They said, I'm going to obey this This truth, this gospel. It's their coming to faith, right? So um, obedience to the faith is uh, declaring they believe in Jesus Christ and then sprinkled by the blood. Those two taken together, they have faith and forgiveness. That forgiveness is uh, in this passage used as sprinkling of the blood. Now we know multiple times that's used throughout Scripture. One of those is uh, in Leviticus chapter 14, verses 6 through 7. The sprinkling of the blood equals uh, a leper being cleansed. Someone who had a disease is cleansed by the sprinkling of blood and given a new life. They have a new opportunity. They were exiled from community. They were separated out from community. Now they can be part of community again. They're given new life. Another example is in Exodus chapter 29, when uh, the priests are going to, they're they're becoming priests and they're going to be ordained as priests. They would sprinkle the blood over a sacrifice in order to, uh, to show that there was a new group of Priest that would lead Israel. They have a new occupation. New life to those who had disease and were um, not healed. A new occupation to those who had a former occupation. And then finally, in Exodus 24, uh, it is the, the, uh, where we know of is the story with the sprinkling of blood that shows that there's a new covenant with God. Every time you take the Lord's Supper, when you take the juice, that is you saying, I remember the blood of Jesus Christ, that it has given me a new covenant with God. In other words, a new relationship with God. You have a relationship with God. A new life, a new occupation, and a new relationship with God. Chosen exiles have been sprinkled by the blood of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we have new life. We have a new occupation, new responsibility, purpose in our life. We have a new place that we live, for this is not our home. This is a foreign territory that we now are sojourning through. We're strangers here. It doesn't feel normal to be here because we're waiting for our eternal life in uh, heaven. So I think about a simple way to remember this. And again, I, I've grown to appreciate Carol County for many ways, but um, just a simple way to, you can remember this is, uh, when I, the way I think about Scrapple is the way you ought to think about the world. Okay? Not, not fully. Don't flesh that out too much. We're talking about pig here. Okay, but... But think about it. First Peter chapter two, verse 11. It's the next time this word exiles is used again. It says, dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from simple desires that wage war against the soul. So dear friends, as uh, strangers and exiles. We're strangers and exiles and we're engaging in things in this world that aren't, they shouldn't feel normal to us. We should go, hold on, let me check that first. <laughs> you tell me I'm about a pig's feet that's been boiled down into a jail. Hold on. <laughs> let me sift through that real quick. And, and you encounter things in this world and you go, let me check and make sure this is something that ought to be in my life. So as strangers and exiles, we are sifting through things in this world to recognize this is a temptation and a sin or is this something that God has for me? Because I'm not used to this territory. This isn't familiar to me. It shouldn't feel familiar. For you, you're like, ah, scrap. I've been eating it for the, my whole entire life. For me, I'm like, hold on. <laughs> Pig's nose and mixed with mush and then cooked and you want it like want it buy it it is in grocery stores and you want it crispy (laughs) have you ever been to chick-fil-a you can get crispy fries okay we will, McDonald's will suffice for one day. Bacon is better. Uh, Anyways, so what does this mean for us? First, exiles aren't from around here. Y'all ever heard that before? You must not be from around here. I'm not kidding. 90% of the time, that's what I hear. I walk into a gas station. I'm like, okay, here's my card. And they're like, is that, all, is that all you like? And I'm like, yes, ma'am, thank you. They're like, well, where are you from? <laughs> I said, ma'am. You know, I know my daughter, my son, they're destined for this. They're going to walk in. It's going to happen to them too. Where are you from? Uh, they still have a twang in their voice too. So 90% of the time. And look, there ought to be people in your life that are like, man, where are you from? And maybe not literally that, but there ought to be people wondering like why you act the way you act. And they're going, where are you from? And you're like, man, I'm not, this is not my citizenship. This is not where I I declare to be my place. Like I'm from heaven, you know? And I know it's like illustration in scripture. It says citizen of heaven and and exiles. And I understand that we're living and we're kind of citizens of of, of, the United States of America and all those different things. But you've got to change your mindset to know that when we encounter things in this world, it ought to feel more foreign. Like you ought to feel a lot more uh, out of place when you're, uh, in the world than you do when you come into church. Like when you come in here, you, might, you, you ought to be like, all right, I'm used to this thing. Like we pray together, we, 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 we raise our hands together, like we sing out together, we cry together sometimes, we need each other's shoulders. Sometimes we, we confess to one another and we grow each other and have accountability. If that feels foreign to you, then you become too much like the world and you got to let that go. If those kind of things are like, man, I don't know if I want to be part of that. this church thing kind of feels really weird. You got to, man, where's your home? where's your heart at? You see, exiles aren't from around here. We're chosen by God to be sons and daughters of him and to be citizens of heaven. We're not from around here. Second thing is exiles act and speak different. It's like an accent, you know, a good thick accent. We got a, in our first service, we've got a a lady who's from um, the UK and her name's Valerie, and she has a wonderful accent. Just love listening to her talk. And uh, I understand y'all may judge me that way in some ways. Uh, You haven't met my mom yet. Uh, Just wait. That's That's a country accent. But we ought to act and speak different, Brandon, are, right? Like when coaches talk to their athletes, it ought to be different than when, when people of this world who are coaches talk to their athletes. They ought to go, I mean, why, why don't you motivate your kids by the way that you speak through using language that would motivate them? Because the kids use words um, that motivate that are deemed to be cuss words in our community and in our world. Why don't you use those kind of words to motivate people? And you go, because that's not my language, Because I have a language of heaven, and I want to speak truth in life, and I want to do it in a way that encourages and and multiplies love and grace to others. And people ought to go, man, your accent's from somewhere else, and you're like, yeah, it is. My speech is too. My language is too. And then finally, exiles are given a new chance at life. And my friend, he he goes to uh, restaurants and and malls and all those different things and grocery stores. Actually, he doesn't go to the grocery store, but... um, he goes to all these places, and people who know him see him there, and they know what he did, and they know who he was. They know what his childhood was like, and they know what he is like now, and his two kids that he has now. And uh, people uh, here don't know me pre 27 years old. You know what I've shared with you. You don't know when I broke my shoulder or I broke my ankle. You don't know you were there when my grandma passed away to to walk me with me through that, right? You weren't there in those difficult, awkward, goofy preteen years? When I smelled bad? Had a Justin Bieber haircut? You weren't, all right? We weren't there. You get a new start. Uh, exiles, get an, uh, uh, not, not necessarily a good way, get a new start. But we as Christians, we can look at our life and we go, okay, as foreigners, sojourners, um, uh, exiles, we can look at it and say, okay, God has given me a new start in this life. What am I going to do with it? Who am I now? you got to be able to identify who you are now as chosen exiles. I'm a son of God. And I've been declared to be righteous and holy in His sight. And He's called me to be the pastor of Westminster Baptist Church. I'm, I parent my kids uh, the best I can. And I love my spouse, Rachel, the best I can. Under His authority and His grace and mercy. It's who I am. Okay? Now you've got to understand who you are now. In Christ, who have you been declared to be? And who are you? What is your identity? And what is your purpose? Because you are chosen exiles. And you need to know who you are. We the exiles are chosen, sanctified, and forgiven. So I want to challenge you with three gospel responses as the, uh, the band comes forward. Actually, I don't even know if y'all come for you. Y'all, y'all have a last song? You do? Okay. Cool. <laughs> Sorry. They didn't play a song in the last service, so I didn't know if they were this one. If you're not, Casey, let's go. Acapella. Let's do it. Hey, I want you to do three things, or at least sift through these. I, honestly, I think being an exile, to some extent, is one of the most freeing things you could have received by Christ. A uh, sojourner, a uh, uh, stranger in this world. You don't have to, have, have to, sorry, I apologize. Half, half? Y'all can make fun of my accent later. You don't have to. Oh my goodness, I'm so country, I apologize. <laughs> It's H-A-F-T-T-O, have to, okay? And if you really want to get country with it, H-A-F-T-T-A, have to. You don't have to be a part of any affiliation in this world. You know what I'm saying though? Seriously. You don't have to identify with a political party. You don't have to identify with a, a sports team. If you're from Baltimore and you don't cheer for the Ravens, it's okay. I know. I get it. You're like, I rock, I rock the commanders, and they hate you. But as Christians, we don't have to affiliate with things of this world and to be clear to be part of them as our identity because we are citizens of heaven. We've been freed from the responsibility of taking these things on earth and saying they are what make me who I am. No, no, you've been declared to be a citizen of heaven, and now we have truth that comes from heaven, not from this world. And all of a sudden, I gotta look at everything, and I can say, I like a little bit of that, and I like, I like a little Lamar. And I like a little bit of Dak Prescott, and you put the, like you bring those things together. Like you don't have to choose one. You know, you, got, you got, I like a little bit of this political party, and I like a little bit of this political party. And I think I I think I'm I'm working with these things. I'm gonna to try to find the best person that aligns with this. You know why? Because my king is not the president of the United States. Because my king is the king of this world. And so now we're free. And all of a sudden you can evaluate every affiliation you have in your life. You can look at all those things, put them on down, and just go, okay, why am I affiliated with that? That's just one more thing that's clinging to my life. And it's gonna go away when I get into heaven. So don't try to take it there with Second thing, evaluate beliefs, actions, and words in your life. Look at those things and say, okay, the world's popping me up on a pedestal, whether I like it or not, on the salt of the earth in a city on a hill. Let me look through those things and see that I've been a chosen exile that's supposed to look different than this world, but man, I look a lot like this world. Let me separate those things out. What are those things that are holding me back? Let me separate out from those things because I am sanctified by God. I'm a chosen exile. And then third, I want you to start fresh. Man, what does it look like to start over? Okay, God, I give you all those different things and now I know you've chosen me and I know you've made me exile in this world and I'm going to be different in this world. So what does my life look like now? How should I treat finances? How should I treat my job, my spouse, my kids, my church, my city, my politics, uh, sports? How should I treat food and my engagement with it? All of that, we're exiles. Don't look like the world. Look like what God has for you because you are chosen exiles. Let me pray for you. God, we worship you and we love you. We sing out praise to you because of who you are, because of your son Jesus Christ who gave his life for me so that I might be saved and to declare declared to be something that I'm not because of who he is. Would you raise us up from in this life, from sin, and in the next life, from death. God, would you give us everything we need to be who you've called us to be. We love you and praise you in your son's name. Amen. Remember you are sending the midst of darkness to light it up. I hope you have a great week and we will see y'all again next week. You have any questions about the sermon or would like to know more about following after Jesus, uh, please contact us and we would love to talk more about your relationship with Christ and how you can grow in your spiritual journey.